I am Thomas Solomon, and you are listening to the VO2 Podcast. Welcome back to this series on recovery. It is undoubtedly clear that sleep is a power tool that you must possess in your exercise recovery toolbox. But of course, there are some caveats to your Z's that need addressing. In this session, I will delve into the sleep-related world of things cats like to do and the various brands of body clocks. After my recent post on sleep, you are hopefully now very well versed as to how a lack of sleep will retard your physical performance and how adding just a few more nightly Z's will make you a hero on race day. Perhaps you have even begun spring cleaning your sleep hygiene to help develop superpowers to get yourself ready to go. However, in the interest of keeping things generalised, I avoided two rather important topics that you are no doubt very well aware of. The first is a simple concept. All cats love it, some humans love it, others hate it. Napping. The second is vastly more complicated, your chronotype, the genetically determined sleep-wake cycle of your circadian rhythm. Should you take naps? What do students, parents with newborns and world-class athletes all have in common? They all often report that they nap a lot. World-class athletes who are also studying and raising a baby, I salute you. If there was ever a high-pressure, high-stress situation that requires all of your cunning to stay fresh and physically and cognitively on it, then this is it. Interviews, books and conversations with world-class athletes often indicate that they like and even need to nap. Documentaries about Kenyan athletes in their training camps in the Eton Valley often portray lots of lying around and napping in huts in between sessions. Indeed, the book Running with the Kenyans mentions that these running gods can sleep up to 14 hours a day. However, most world-class elite athletes are professional athletes who can generally spare the time during the rest intervals between sessions to take naps if they feel sleepy. Mere mortals, meanwhile, may not have such opportunities for naps due to work commitments and social pressures, not to mention the very likely possibility of unruly kids running around creating chaos. If the opportunity is gracefully bestowed on you, a nap is a deliberate period of sleep lasting from three minutes up to three hours. Napping is massively variable among us humans. Some folks love a good old nap, others do not. The science behind napping shows that we either need to nap, known as restorative napping, or that we simply just like to nap, appetitive napping. But the reasons have recently been elaborated to include dysregulative napping, mindful napping and emotional napping, with only the latter found to be negatively associated with your well-being. To very briefly summarise what we know about napping, the good news is that napping is not necessarily a sign that your sleep debt is accumulating interest. Non-emotional napping won't destroy you, and some types of naps, like mindful napping, actually rests your body and your mind. That sounds pretty solid, and might indicate that napping should be embraced, right? Well, let's dig a bit deeper. The effects of napping on cognitive performance have been vastly studied. Napping can restore alertness after a single night of sleep loss, but not after two nights. 
Napping can also improve alertness and computer task performance in night shift workers and healthcare workers. But there is a caveat. These studies also show that the outcomes of napping are influenced by the time of day and the duration of the nap, and especially the stage of sleep people reach during their naps. Looking ahead, the science of napping needs to unravel somewhat, so perhaps for now, just sleep on it. Although cognition feeds into how your body can perform, measuring cognitive performance outcomes is very different from markers of physical performance. The findings just described should not automatically be extrapolated to your athletic prowess. What do we know about napping in athletes? Well, not much actually. In a cross-sectional comparison of non-athletes, sub-elite athletes and international level elite athletes, the elite athletes were simply better at taking naps on demand than sub-elite or non-elite non-athletes, i.e. they had greater sleepability. And napping was associated with shorter sleep latency at night, i.e. a better ability to fall asleep once they were in bed. The comparison also found that napping was not related to nocturnal sleep disruption or daytime sleepiness. So, if elite athletes nap and they are awesome at their craft, should everyone be napping? Well, even though this was a robust study that used polysomnography, the gold standard tool for examining sleep duration and quality, correlation and causality are seldom aligned. Are elite athletes elite because they sleep? Or do they sleep and or nap more because they are engaged in the high training load of an elite athlete? Who is the chicken? Who is the egg? As an athlete, you may be getting insufficient sleep due to real life constraints or because you are assigning a low priority to sleep relative to your other training modalities. Perhaps, before reading this, you were also uninformed about the powerful role of sleep in optimising athletic performance. If that is true, please go back and digest my post on sleep immediately. Yes, insufficient sleep impairs performance and sleep extension improves performance. Naturally, it is tempting to speculate that napping to increase your daily sleep time would be beneficial. But hold on to your sleepy horses. The effects of napping on cognitive performance are variable and dependent on many things. The direct effects of napping on physical performance are basically unknown. To my knowledge, one study has examined napping in runners and found that an afternoon nap did not affect time to exhaustion when running at 90% of VO2 max. Furthermore, cycling through multiple stages of sleep at night, from light to deep to REM sleep and back again, is essential for, for being healthy. So, it would be most prudent to first invest your resources into optimising your nightly sleep before assuming that napping will supercharge your next race. Napping should not replace prolonged sleep. That said, if early morning starts are unavoidable, and or if nighttime sleep interruption is commonplace, hello newborn baby, correct sleep hygiene practices at night become imperative, and embracing strategies for minimising overall sleep loss, such as napping, may become a useful supplement. What about chronotypes? Although our circadian rhythm and sleep-wake cycle are genetically programmed to run on roughly a 24-hour cycle, each of us has a particular chronotype. Some people tend to stay up late and wake up late, while others tend to go to bed early and wake up early. 
but your actual chronotype can be determined using questionnaires to assess your preferred times for sleep, relaxation and performance of mentally demanding tasks. In very simple terms, your chronotype dictates that you are either a lark, early to bed, early to rise, or an owl, late to bed, late to rise, and there are extremes of both. Nearly 50% of the variability in being a lark or an owl is inherited in the genes gifted to you by your parents. Being male increases the probability that you are an owl, while women are more likely to be a morning chronotype. Furthermore, the tendency to be an owl decreases with advancing age after adolescence. While your chronotype is influenced by genetics, sex and age, it is very important to remember that the minimum recommended amount of sleep that you need for maintaining optimal function stays the same, at least 7 to 9 hours a night in adults. There are a handful of people on earth who truly only need small amounts of sleep each night, but this is exceptionally rare. I have met many athletes who don't think they need much sleep, but is it a coincidence that such folks have, without exception, always appeared to be in need of more sleep? They were always tired, constantly injured, sometimes short-tempered, and never adapting or improving their performance as expected. If you are highly active, you probably need more sleep. But I say probably because it is not completely known whether athletes need more sleep. But... In my recent post on sleep, I got under the covers with a bunch of sleep extension studies showing that athletes who sleep more perform better. Win-win. It is also not explicitly clear how athletes with different chronotypes are affected by different types of sleep patterns. Anecdotally, if my wife, an owl, attempts to get get out of bed early with her late chronotype, She stumbles around on the trails for a few hours like a zombie who has forgotten she likes to eat brains. If she gets to bed late and lies in, she's a hoot. I, on the other hand, are endowed with an early chronotype. Bed at ten, eyes open at six, ready to sing like a bird and start larking around in the mountains. If I go to bed late, I wake up feeling like I might might as well have have drunk nine bottles of imperial porter and rocked my socks off at Glastonbury. While these are sentiments you might relate to, they are simply anecdotes. To understand how training adaptations and performance outcomes are regulated in people with different chronotypes, and how different sleep patterns might interact with such outcomes, we must consider experimental evidence. Chronotypes generally display peaks of several psychological and physiological variables at times corresponding to your owlness or larkness. Two key variables that have relevance to exercise performance and that also display a circadian rhythm in line with your specific sleep-wake cycle are your plasma cortisol levels and your core body temperature. Cortisol tends to peak as you wake up while your body temperature typically peaks before you go to bed. Since elevated cortisol or elevated body temperature can each cause premature fatigue and are associated with impaired exercise performance, it is tempting to speculate that chronotype may have relevance to training and athletic performance. To address this speculation, a 2015 systematic review of around 113 published studies concluded that technical skills in sports like badminton, tennis and soccer peak earlier in the day, typically in the afternoon 
while muscle strength and anaerobic performance typically peaks in the early evening. In general, the authors found that athletic performance was consistently better in the evening or the afternoon than the morning for all sports. However, this review did not specifically examine studies of athletes with different chronotypes. Fortunately, in 2017, Dr. Vitali published a systematic review in sports medicine examining just that topic. The review indicated that athletes with morning chronotypes, LARCs, were found to feel less fatigue, have a lower RPE, and have fastest race times in the morning for half and full marathons, as well as 2,000 metre rowing time trials and 200 metre swimming time trials, when compared to athletes with other chronotypes. Furthermore, evening chronotype athletes, the owls, needed more time to be ready to go after waking up in the morning compared to morning chronotypes. This transition time between sleep and wakefulness is known as sleep inertia, which presents itself through the medium of disorientation and a lack of motor coordination. Upon waking, sleep inertia is more extreme in owls than it is in morning chronotype larks. Another aspect to consider is how your sleep hygiene may be affected by a late evening workout. A recent experimental study from Dr. Vitali found that sleep quality after an evening session of shit, short high-intensity interval training, was poorer in morning chronotype soccer players when compared to evening chronotype players. Furthermore, there were no differences in sleep quality between the two chronotypes when the shit was taken in the morning. To summarise, the research to date indicates that larks have a performance advantage over owls. Since the vast majority of races occur in the morning, this may favour early chronotype athletes. However, owls' sleep may be less affected following an intense workout than larks, offering late chronotypes more time flexibility in their training with respect to their sleep quality. Nonetheless, it is important to remember that the current studies are few and far between, and there is considerable inter-individual variability in performance outcomes between subjects. Also, importantly, it remains to be examined whether chronotype can be trained, and therefore changed to help one adjust to racing at times of the day when you'd rather be singing like a lark or hooting like an owl. Watch this space, as I'm sure the scientists studying this topic will go down that path very soon. So what can you take home to add to your toolbox? Given the observations that there are particular times of day when we are, on average, most ready to go again, adjusting training time based on an athlete's chronotype might one day be prudent, particularly given the rapidly growing interest in the chronobiology of exercise and nutrition. But the current evidence does not allow practitioners to speculate on the optimal time to train based on chronotype. And, as you are no doubt blissfully aware, many other key aspects of your exercise recovery cycle, like training load, nutrition and rest, also play a massive role in governing your adaptations and eventual performance outcomes. The recommendation is to sleep a minimum of 7 to 9 hours a night. As an athlete, you may need more, and the evidence certainly suggests that sleeping more will increase your physical performance. As I frequently remind people, you are the only you. Learn to understand your natural sleep habits. 
assess your own individual need for sleep and compare your mood, vigor and performance after periods of poor versus great sleep. If you need to nap, nap, but prioritize identifying the areas where you could improve your sleep hygiene to maximize the quantity and quality of your nightly Z's. For now, don't waste valuable energy stressing over or trying to toy with your chronobiology because not enough is known about how to optimize your training based on your chronotype. Thanks for joining me for another session. Bye for now, and whether you like to sing like a lark or hoot like an owl, get your sleep hygiene in order to keep your engine roaring like a lion. If you are enjoying this free content, please subscribe to my updates, like and follow at VO2 on social media, and please also share these articles on your social media pages. If there are topics you'd like to know more about, then please drop me a line. If you would like to help keep this free content alive, please also consider buying me a beer by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash thomas.solomon. I occasionally mention brands and products, but it is important to know that I am not sponsored by or receiving advertisement royalties from anyone. I have conducted biomedical research for which I have received research dollars from publicly funded national research councils and medical charities and also from private companies including Novo Nordisk Foundation, AstraZeneca, Amelin, the AP Muller Foundation and the Augustinus Foundation. These companies had no control over the research design, data analysis or publication outcomes of my work. Any recommendations I make are, and always will be, based on my own views and opinions shaped by the evidence. The information I provide is not medical advice. Before making any changes to your habits of daily living based on any information I provide, always ensure it is safe for you to do so and consult your doctor if you are unsure.